Okay, chapter 25, December 20th, assignment 25, observations, round two. The snowstorm actually hit today, so we got another snow day, but somehow I still had to see Dr. Doris, because in Dad's mind, nothing can stop him from pursuing mental health, not even a blizzard. Anyway, I think Mr. Neely has managed to brainwash me with his hashtags and experiments because I keep thinking about the scientific process during therapy. Dr. Doris was talking and I was trying to listen. Really, I was, but in my head, I was turning into an experiment. Dr. Doris said, today I want us to talk about your mother. And my brain went out, went observations. Dr. Doris is wearing bright red lipstick. It's snowing so hard today that when we drove here, dad's windshield wipers had worked overtime. Dr. Doris' office window is just a wall of white. What if the road shut down and Dad and I can't? What if the road shuts down? Dad and I can't get and Dad and I get trapped here. Dr. Doris asks, "What's on your mind, Natalie?" My hand picks up a slinky on the coffee table and I watch it go back and forth as my hands don't even belong to me. The plants in his office could use some watering. Dr. Doris asks her question again, carefully rewarding it because, whoops, I forgot to answer. I say nothing. Outside, the wind is crying. Dr. Doris was worried that I wasn't focused during our session, but really, I was just trying to answer my own scientific question. How many questions can I get Dr. Doris to ask? 23 by that point. That woman has some scientific questions of her own. Naturally, as the success of my experiment depended on getting her to talk, I couldn't talk much myself. I think Mr. Neely would be proud. Dad, not so much. Okay, Dr. Doris... Oh, sorry. Okay, Dr. Doris said about halfway through our session. She was probably frustrated. She was probably trying to hide it. We don't need to talk about your mother if you're not comfortable doing that yet. We can talk about anything you want. What's on your mind, Natalie? That was question number 24. I was busy tallying the question on my mental scoreboard, so that, so that was what, what was on my mind. But my secret thought was about how Dad had talked to Michaela about her, about the situation. And I didn't know what he said, and I didn't want anybody else to know about Mom. Felt like maybe it made her look bad, and I didn't want to look bad, especially in front of my the measers. Maybe I was embarrassed by her. I didn't want to be. What I wanted was to stop caring about Michaela, to shut up her completely. But then I would remember when she, when we were little, hanging out in the lab or the or, uh, arboretum while other or other while our mothers worked. We collected fans and sticks to run out to run our own scientific experiments, which always resulted in incredible cures. Cure for hiccups, cure for homework, cure for bedtime, cure for sadness. And of course, our cures always worked because there was never an, any other option. We were magic. We were unstoppable. We were scientists. But now Michaela is a cool girl and I'm not. And it's like Michaela doesn't even remember the way we used to be. Somewhere along the line, she changed. She turned evil. And I guess Mr. Miss Meanser must be evil too because why else would she fire mom? The funny part though is that Michaela's mom was the one who gave me my very own me my very own cobalt blue orchid in the first place. She and mom have been studying the orchid in their lab trying to figure it out and survive the cobalt and aluminum trying to apply the findings to their other plants, maybe even extend the research beyond the plants. This was in fourth grade right when Michaela had just stopped being my friend and I'd been following mom around watching her work all serious with my hair clipped up taking notes in my compa my composition notebook it's pretty i said admiring the orchard behind its protective glass trying to describe its papery leaves in my notes trying to capture the way it looked like any other orchard until the light hit hit it and then the flower became so blue it hurt to look at it 
I stood there scribbling and describing and wishing I had my very own. And like a mind reader, Michaela's mom had gone into their cabinets and pulled out a seed just for me. I'd expected mom to protest. She always talked about how dedicated the orchard was, how rare and uh, precious, but she didn't. She just smiled at Michaela's mom and something passed between them that I couldn't understand. The mom said I had this beautiful, magical plant for our greenhouse. Here's a miracle plant for your very own, Natalie, Miss Meanser had said. Study it, watch it grow. And we had the orchard until we didn't, till mom let it die. Dr. Doris asked another question and I nodded even though I hadn't quite heard what she'd asked. In my head I said, 25 questions. And I repeated 25, 25, 25, because I didn't want to think about anything else. And I didn't want my for to forget my scientific data. If you don't repeat the answers, if you don't hold tight and turn them over and over in your head, one day you'll forget and then you're lost forever. Well, Dr. Doris frowned, but her eyes were a bend of sad and hopeful and something else too. That's all the time we have left for today. Will you think about what I've said? I nodded and I thought about 26. After I session on the drive home, Dad turned down the radio to ask, how did you talk with Dr. Doris go? His voice was about 10 notches to innocent, so I responded just as innocently. It went well, I said, and my voice sounded like sparkles and sunshine in the middle of this blizzard. He didn't fall for it. Natalie, I know you aren't happy about the sessions, but I would like to keep open up. <clears throat> but I would like you to open up a little. When he said open up, I pictured him ripping out my chest and exploding all my organs like a dead frog on the lab table. That made me I flinched. Dad looked over at me with concern, even though the word had gone white with snow, so he really should have been keeping his eyes on the road. Things have been really hard for you, for all of us, he said, his eyes returning to the road. But I don't think it's important for you to express yourself. Oh, but I, sorry, but I do think it's important for you to express yourself. I almost said I wanted Mom to open up and express herself, but I've gotten too familiar with Dad's miserable, almost crying, trying not to cry face, and I didn't want to see it again. So I told him, I'll try, I promise. I'm mostly sure it was a real promise, because even though I still hated the Dr. Doris appointments, part of me knew he was right. Part of me also wanted to open up, and even if I couldn't quite express all that, Dad looked over at me, and he smiled.